Hello and welcome to Read With Us. I'm Madeline. And I'm Abby. And we have Ty with us. We have a guest. Hello, everybody. Hopefully you listened to our other episode that was released today. It's also with him, just talking about reading and books that you've liked and... I think we kept it together pretty good on that one. We weren't really in a crazy mood. <laughs> yeah, we weren't too silly goofy. Yeah, we might have got a few of our facts mixed up, but we did okay. It's okay. <laughs> Anyways, today we are discussing a spoiler version of Local Woman Missing by Mary Kubica. Kubica, whoever knows how. It's, um, Ku- I think it's Kubica. Kubica. That's how I've heard it pronounced on Instagram. Okay. But. Yeah. So maybe we should start with what we rated it out of five, what you would rate it. I gave it five stars. I give it four and a half. I was going to say, I I would say it's probably a four for me. Four? Okay. Yeah. I feel like, okay, so the book was around 350 pages. I felt like it was a good length. I didn't think that it, like, drug on. No, I feel, I feel like the ending, maybe we could have gotten, like, a couple more chapters just to find out what happens with B and everything. I know, like, she ends up in jail and stuff, but... Yeah, I thought it was tied together at the end pretty well. I mean, you can always write more about, you know, a character. Yeah, I suppose. But, yeah. I mean, I thought it was a really good read. I, I thought it was, you know, um, fast enough paced. I got, I did get confused at the very beginning. I had to go back and reread it at, at least once. Mm-hmm. Just because, because of the way it's written. It's a flashback... And then it's, it's present day it's, and past day. Yeah, it's 11 years ago, then it's now, then it's 11 years ago, and then they're, you know, until you get the characters down, it just, it took me a minute to figure that all out. So, yeah. I started but, reading, well, I started listening to it first on audio, and I got to, like, chapter seven, and I told Madeline, I was like, I'm so confused, I need to go get the physical book. Yeah, listening to it would be probably hard if you didn't look at the book, at least, to see how it was laid out. I ended up writing down who the characters were, so every time I was listening, I was like, okay, this, like, Meredith is the mom, Delilah's the daughter. There are, what, like, three or four point of views in the book? At least, because... Uh, yeah, I would say there's at least there's three Meredith, or There's Meredith, Leo, Kate. I want to say those are the three point of views. Wait, can we talk about something that I just... And I... Shelby. The first chapter was from Shelby's point of view, right. but... So, when Delilah was in the basement, in the very first few chapters, she was in the basement with Gus. Yep. Right. And she... Did we determine that she was making Gus Yeah, Gus isn't real. Yeah. That's what they determined when when they took her in to have her under hypnosis. Yeah. The hypnotist told... Well, that... But also, they... She... She told the authorities that Gus was still there and they needed to go... Right. Right. And he was never there. Right. Okay. But, yeah. Did you guys get, like, chills when she was in that shed hiding from him and he was literally in the shed, like, shining a flashlight? Yeah, it was kind of just a, you know. Creeps. Yeah, it was kind of a brief moment of, like, panic. Yes. I think, you know. So. Anyways, but were you guys shocked to find out that Delilah wasn't actually Delilah? That was there. That's the part of this book that kind of twisted a little bit. In that, you know, it was once you got the characters down, and then you had all these different stories going on. Like you had Leo going to the daycare and having issues at the daycare, and that 
that seemed to be a storyline, but it wasn't really a storyline that was like important to the book. And Cassandra's husband cheating on her. Yeah, and you know, and then they tied they tried to tie that back around to the text messages that Meredith was getting. Yeah. And which I could kind of understand, but the daycare with Leo was kind of just kind of an add-on. And then when Delilah, when you find out in the book that Delilah's not really who she thinks she is, right? Who she's told she is. Right. Then it throws another, you know, Curveball of spanner in the works. Delilah. So. I don't know. Yeah. I thought from one of the very first chapters of Leo, I thought that he was a psycho. Like, I'm like, there's no way this kid didn't have something to do with his sister, like, going missing. But he was too young. Yeah. But the way he was like, oh, me and Dad were just finally happy without you. He's finally got over it. Like. Yeah, I think I felt bad for Leo. Probably as bad as anybody in that, you know, that's a hard position to be put in as a kid. Uh, I can't even imagine what that would feel like. (laughs) You stop. I feel like we're going to hear that. (laughs) Don't critique me. You're not going to hear that, me rubbing my arm. Okay. Stop yeah. already. Okay, so you felt bad for well, Leo. Well, no, no, my complete train of thought is gone. You ruined the moment. Okay, I want to know. But Leo, I did feel bad for Leo. Was there any point in the book where you thought you knew what was going to happen? Because, like, I had a point where I was, like, I didn't get it until, until B hit Shelby. That's exactly when I figured it out is when they hit her, I was like, oh, okay, she's got to frame Meredith because Meredith is going to freak out. Like, I feel like I knew when it would flash back to Leo and Leo would describe how his mom was found, like, suicidal, like, slit her wrists and everything. I was like, I don't think that Meredith did that to herself. Sure. I kind of had a feeling that there was always somebody behind it. I just didn't know who. Yeah, I always knew that there was somebody behind it, but you were trying to figure out you know, who was behind it. I guess I kind of started to figure out um, that B was the, you know, kind of the villain in the story. But it was right at that moment when when they were out drinking and then they came up, like, yeah, down the road the and, and then hit Shelby and it was like, oh, And okay. then backed and then, over her again. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then then you you know based on you know the next couple of pages in the book after that that you're like okay Meredith right. isn't going to you know we know Meredith is dead right by that yeah. point we already know that you so know you from know, basically the beginning that Meredith doesn't come out alive in this story right right so then you know that B all of a sudden is the villain and and yeah and then of course looking back at the book and reading it it's funny how like the author puts in these little nuggets you know like easter eggs of like um, when Kate's in the kitchen and she looks out in the back and they're talking about the garage and being soundproof for her music and stuff and it's like, okay, right. you know. And how she never like, goes out there because she wants B to just have her own space. Right, right. And the fact that B locks it up and there's only one key and she always has the key. And... Yeah, I mean, there were, there were enough signs within the writing that would tell you like, okay, there's something going on in that shed that, you know, isn't, isn't necessarily you know, normal. Right. Those are the kind of things that you can kind of skim over, though, when you're reading. I mean, those are the things that get lost. Yeah. Well, I think unless you're really, unless you're really tuned into it and trying to keep track of, like, okay, so why would the author be that specific about that point? Right. But there's a lot of other things in the story that you could point to that maybe, you know, didn't mean anything, you know, so... 
Right. Yeah. I don't know. I I wish that at the end we would have got a little bit more story about Delilah going back with I wish we could have had, like, one more chapter of, or, like, another book. It would be nice if we got another book from, like, Delilah's point of view of, like... I just want to know what she did all day. They kind of were, like, oh, like, she had toys and, like, she peed in the bucket bucket. or whatever and, like... But I want to know more because, like, clearly the fake Delilah, what are, like, Carly, I think her name ended up being. Mm -hmm. It's, like, okay, we got so much of, like, how messed up she was. I want to know, like how delilah is now like psychologically and like well there's been a lot of true life situations with you know like those girls in cleveland and you know other people that have actually gone through that in real life you could probably read up and find out but i can't imagine anyway anybody that's been locked away for that long in isolation it would you know wouldn't come out without having a lot of mental right and like did she know she was that close to home like obviously she must have but she was what eight when she was taken so i mean yeah i just don't know like i mean never having been in that situation i think as an eight-year-old being locked in like the attic of the garage next door to your house that at some point you would try and you know figure out a way to notify somebody they said it was soundproof but it's like I don't know. It just seems like there's... Yeah, that many years. There's ways, you know, at some point, right? As she got bigger, you know, could she not overpower B was, you know... Right. But but you never know. You never know how that, you know... Sometimes people can't become very submissive in in that situation and and don't want to, you know... They're not going to try and overpower their captor in that situation. Yeah. yeah, the one part that did give me chills was when they were like, oh, the power's out. And then they went outside to the circuit breaker. I was like, absolutely <laughs> not. That actually was, that was one of those creepy, like... Like, I just want to get to the end of this chapter like, so I don't have to read it anymore. Yes. Like, skin crawl moments. You can you can almost envision it in a movie at that moment in time well, when you look down the street and realize that uh your house is the only one yeah which ended up not to be the case but she just couldn't see the houses on either side of her it was just like it's like in real life they say like okay it's late at night and you hear a baby crying outside like do not go outside like that is a tactic to get you outside your house or like when people turn on the faucet outside your house like that's a tactic to get you to leave your house like those are things that i know I've never even heard of either of those. So. Really? Yeah. Yeah, those are like things huh. that people use to get you outside of your home at night. Turn the faucet on. Or a baby cries. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So those are, that's just exactly like what popped into my head when they were like, oh, circuit breakers out. We're the only house. I guess I'll have to go. I'm like, you don't have candles? <laughs> you don't have 911? Like. <laughs> you can't wait until morning? <laughs> just like, hunker down in the living room. Like, literally, like, you don't have 911. If you truly thought that someone turned off your circuit breaker and was, like, waiting for you, would you not call 911? I would think, yeah. Yeah, but wasn't B the one that was kind of like, oh, let's check it out? Like, probably because she doesn't want the cops there. Right. Yeah. Uh, Looking back, yeah, that's exactly why. But then Josh being there and she punches him, I think, in the stomach or something. and Yeah. And he was, like... Quite the story. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I always think... I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it, too. I think... I'd be interested to see what else she's written. 
I think she's written The Other Misses. Yes. Um, she has, that is one of her books, but on the back, like, the blurb by another author on the back of this book said, like, another shocking plot twist from Mary Kubica. So, like, I think she has, like, she's known for, like, her plot twists. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's always good. Makes a book, it makes a book fun to read if you know that there's going to be a twist at the end that you're not, you know, you're not going to see. Yeah. So... The other thing that kind of churned my stomach a little bit was, like, when Delilah, fake Delilah, talked about, like, going to the bathroom in the toilet and how it had never been cleaned mm-hmm. and, like, and she, how she stuck her sticker arm in, in there. And she, yeah, I don't know. I, Ick. or, yeah, I think, I think the, like, most anxious part for me was when she was running away from them. Yeah. That Trying was, to escape. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I can't even well, imagine. It's, it's kind of that moment where everything's on the line at that point. Right, because, you, know, you know, if she were to get caught, it would not be good. Yeah, absolutely. But um, should we talk about our March read? Yeah, I think we should, and I think we should have Ty present the book a little bit after we tell him what it is. You already know <laughs> what it is. Yeah, so we put a poll on our Instagram. We did three different books. Um, we could potentially do one of the other two that weren't picked in the future, but our March read is going to be In My Dreams I Hold a Knife by Ashley Winstead. Yeah, that's a great book. Yeah. Can you tell us what it's about a little bit without spoilers? Yep. Um, it's the 10-year anniversary of a group of um, people who graduated all from the same college there um there's a group of it's about seven or eight people is it six total Yep, six friends okay um during their college uh while they were in college one of the group um one person from the group was was murdered and the case has never been solved and now it's 10 years later and they're coming back for this like 10-year class reunion the college is holding a big you know party or whatever and so it's it's kind of a story that revolves around the murder of this this person and um it's a book that really you know goes in a lot of different directions um there's there's a moment at the end that's a uh, you know that's kind of like a it's like a shocking moment it's not really shocking but it's it's like a, a spoiler mm-hmm. little thing that at the end that you're like "Ooh, that was a twist i didn't see coming right and it's like yeah and it's right at it's like literally happens within like the last few pages of the book mm-hmm. is it's like wow that didn't didn't yeah. see that you so know? for and it, those of you that like to skim to the back and like skim a few pages don't do that <laughs> yeah you wouldn't want to go to the back of the book and um honestly the way it's written um yeah, you, you, you want to read it all the way through to the very end and, and get the whole picture of what, you know, what took place there. But um, I thought it was really good. Uh, I think everybody that reads it uh, will enjoy it. Um, it it's, Is you it know, scary in any way? No, not really scary. It's uh, it's more um, it's more like a whodunit. Okay. So it's... More of a mystery? Yeah, of these, of these college, you know, people you know, you kind of dive into each one of their lives a little bit. You get a picture of what they were like in college. Then you get a picture of like what they became. And then, um, 
you know, it seems like everybody isn't really who they are, you know, who mm-hmm. they show themselves to be. There's always a different side of them that kind of comes out. And I think that's probably true with a lot of people is like you see, you know, you see one side of a person, but there's always probably another side to somebody right. that you Instagram don't really know. Reality. Yeah, you don't really know them. And so it kind of dives in and, and you find yourself during the book going, okay, yeah, I could see that person you know, being the murderer, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, they're kind of lining the story up that way. And then in the next chapter, yeah. yeah, In the next chapter you find out, well, okay, well this person maybe had a grudge, you know, like, okay, maybe it's them. And then, you know, is it told from multiple different perspectives? Well, it's told mainly from the perspective of one girl that is going back and it's really from her perspective. So, um, yeah, pretty much a singular perspective from her point of view. Cool. Fast-paced. Yeah. Yep. Clearly you read it in like a day and a half, you said. Yeah, it was very good. Kept your interest. Yeah, it was really good. Of course, it's a, you know, anytime you read a book where it's a whodunit, you want to get to the end and figure out, you know, who did it. It's like a dateline. 60 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) So, no, it's it's a really easy read, um, but very entertaining. I think you guys will like it. Cool. So, once again, that was In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife by Ashley Winstead. Yes. And that episode will come out the first Wednesday in March. No, April. So it'll be um, Wednesday, April 6th is when that episode will come out. So you have an entire month to get it from the library or get on your Kindle or whatever, or whatever your choice of reading is. If your listeners didn't think that I did such a horrible job with the last podcast, maybe I can come back and review that one with yes, you guys. Yes, we would love to love have it. you back, Ty. We love it. I know our listeners will love to have you back as well. I think that's only a month away. I think I can remember it all by the time we get there. <laughs> we'll have to maybe uh, regroup. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll regroup in a month. We'll make some spark notes. Yeah, <laughs> that was go. good. It's a good book. I think everybody will enjoy it. Yay, so we will see you on our next read with us. Bye, guys.